Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, everybody, welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 1 Samuel 28, and this I'm just going to tell you. All right, I could just say this and then end the podcast. Here it goes. Here's the title of today's. Don't talk to demons. I mean, but we're good, right? Just <laughs> don't, don't say it with me. Don't talk to demons. Pastor Brandon, what are you talking about? Oh, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Saul has fell off the deep end. He fell all the way to the bottom, and he started digging, okay? <laughs> it's going to get crazy. This is the most controversial chapter in all of 1 Samuel, possibly in the first half of the entire Bible, okay? We're going to have some fun. Uh, no, no, it's not going to be fun, but we're going to be fine. But before we get to any of that, make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube video, and make sure you are leaving us a comment. I want to know in the comment section down below, have you ever heard the story we're going to talk about today? Be honest, have you ever heard about it? And if so, what did you think the first time you read it? Hopefully, we're going to bring some context today. If you like the podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review. And I want you to go to that five-star review, and I want you to type in, sometimes the Bible is crazy. (laughs) Because today is crazy. And then as always, I cannot wait to see what you have to say at the Facebook group, the Bible Breakdown Discussion, where we just join together. The more we dig, the more we find. And if you disagree with some of the things we say today, I want to hear about it. Let's The more we dig, the more we find. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Let's talk about it. I want to hear what you've heard. But here's the thing. As always, I want you to state your position clearly. Like, tell me where you study, not what uh, grandma's great uncle told you one time. Like, where did you study to find something different? Because this is one of those. Well, let me catch you up. What's going on as you quickly open up your Bible to 1 Samuel 28, and we get ready to talk about something. Don't forget the overall idea is that God's providence, despite our silliness, today is our stupidity, okay? God's providence, despite our stupidity. And what that means is God has a plan. From the very beginning of creation, when God just swirled everything into motion, when it, the Bible calls it, he said, let there be light, time, earth, existence, everything happened and it came to be. The heavens and the earth were created. When God spun everything into action, he had a plan. And that plan is still happening even until today. And as that starts to, or as that continues to happen, God nudges people in the right direction. And as we see all throughout 1 Samuel, what the Bible reports, it doesn't always support But God is using all the things, good, bad, and the ugly, to nudge us into the place that he wants us to be. The New Testament says it like this in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together to the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Well, as we've been talking about, David and Saul are at odds with one another. David is trying to run away, and Saul keeps on running after him because Saul is no longer the anointed king. The anointing of God, the presence of God has left Saul, and now David is the rightful king of Israel. Problem is, you got two kings, one of them is in a position of authority, one of them is supposed to be, and the one who has the authority is trying to kill the young guy. And so they're constantly going back and forth. David's trying to get away, Saul's attacking, and so finally, David has just left the country. He is elsewhere, and Saul still needs to hear from the Lord. The problem is, is that the the high priest at the time, he sided with David. And 
Saul tried to kill his whole family, and so the only guy who was left, he ran to David. So now, as Saul is trying to hear from the Lord and trying to figure out what was going on, he doesn't know what to do, so he has to take matters into his own hands. And this is where it gets absolutely crazy. You ready? Here we go. 1 Samuel chapter 28, verse 1 says this. About that time, the Philistines mustered their armies for another war with Israel. King Achish told David, You and your men are now to be expected to join me in battle. Very well, David agreed. Now you will see for yourself what we can do. Then Achish told David, I will make you my personal bodyguard for life. Meanwhile, Samuel had died, and all Israel had mourned for him. He was buried in Ramah in his hometown, and Saul had banned from the land of Israel all mediums and those who consulted with spirits of the dead. So we don't really use the word mediums like this anymore, but basically witches, uh, fortune tellers, those people who would do uh, incantations. A lot of people in the New Age do this now where they have spirit guides, where they, they claim that they can talk to spirit beings um, that do whatever they tell them to do. The, these type of people, these were called mediums in the Old Testament. And what the Bible was saying is, is that Saul had banned any mediums from being in the country, which is good because the, the Torah, the first five books of Moses said, kill them. <laughs> so he's like, hey, look, I ain't going to kill you if you just leave, all right? And that's what he told him to do. Well, verse 4, the Philistines set up their camp at Shunem, and Saul gathered all the army of Israel and camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the vast Philistine army, he became frantic with fear, and he asked the Lord what he should do. But the Lord refused to answer him, either by a dream or by sacred lots or by the prophets. So Saul then said to his advisors, Find a woman who is a medium so I can go ask her what to do. And his advisors replied, Ah, there's a medium in Endor. Now pause. Now wait a minute. <laughs> First of all, he said, Don't let any mediums be in the country. Because they're supposed to be killed if they're found, right? Well, then he said, Go find me a medium. Well, they're not supposed to be any. But then what I think is hilarious is as soon as they say, Find one, like, Oh, yeah, there's one over there. <laughs> So apparently, apparently they weren't doing a really good job anyway, right? Verse 8, so Saul disguised himself by wearing ordinary clothing instead of his royal robes. And he went to the woman's home that night and accompanied and was accompanied by two of his men. I have to talk to a man who has died, he said. Will you call up his spirit for me? Are you trying to get me killed, the woman demanded. You know that Saul has outlawed all the mediums and all the, uh, those who consult spirits of the dead. Why are you setting a trap for me? But Saul took an oath in the name of the Lord and promised, As surely as the Lord lives, nothing bad will happen to you for doing this. Finally, the woman said, Well, whose spirit do you want me to call up? Call up Samuel, Saul replied. And when the woman saw Samuel, she screamed, You've deceived me. You're Saul. Don't be afraid, the king told her. What do you see? I see a God coming up out of the earth, she said. What does he look like? Saul asked. He is an old man wrapped in a robe, he replied. Saul real and Saul realized it was Saul. Excuse me. Saul realized it was Samuel, and he fell to the ground before him. Why have you disturbed me by calling me back? Samuel asked. Saul, because I am in deep trouble, Saul replied. The Philistines are at war with me, and God has left me and won't reply by prophets or dreams. So I have called for you to tell me what to do. But Samuel replied, why ask me, since the Lord has left you and become your enemy? The Lord has done just as he said he would do. He has torn the kingdom from you and given it to your rival, David. 
The Lord has done this to you today because you refuse to carry out his fierce anger against the Amalekites. What's more, the Lord will hand you and the army of Israel over to the Philistines tomorrow. You and your sons will be here with me. The Lord will bring down the entire army of Israel in defeat. Saul fell full length on the ground, paralyzed with fright because of Samuel's words. And he also was faint with hunger, for he had had nothing to eat all day and all night. And when the woman saw how distraught he was, she said, Sir, I obeyed your command at the risk of my life. Now do what I say, and let me give you something to eat so you can regain your strength for the trip back. But Saul refused to eat anything. Then his advisors joined in with the woman in urging him to eat. So he finally yielded, got up from the ground, and sat on the couch. And the woman had been fattening a calf, and so she hurried out and killed it, and she took some flour and kneaded it into dough and baked unleavened bread. She brought a meal to Saul and his advisors, and they ate, and then they went out into the night. What just happened? (laughs) Other than the fact I stumbled over my words because I was getting so wrapped up in the story. So this is what just happened. Saul really needed to hear from God as to whether or not he needed to attack the nation of the Philistines or not. And since God wouldn't answer him, he, he, he didn't have a prophet, he didn't have anything he, he could talk to, he goes to a witch. He goes to a medium and says, I want you to call Saul back from the dead, or excuse me, Samuel back from the dead to talk to me. Okay, sure. Well, she claims that she does, and then the spirit that comes up is like, yeah, God said you were, you know, he took the throne away from you. It's going to happen. You're going to die. And now he's, Saul is terrified because he realizes, yeah, that is what God said after all. And so he's about to pass out because he's already weak from not eating all day long. And now he's gotten horrible news. And so they feed him a meal, some lamb chops, and he leaves in the middle of the night. Or actually, it's not lamb chops. It's a, it's a hamburger. And then uh, they go out in the middle of the night. So here's the thing. Here's the question. Scholars have debated back and forth, and a lot of ink has been spilled on paper, as to whether or not this person was Samuel. Because what he said was what God had told Samuel and Saul before. Well, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you, and and this is open for your interpretation here in this uh, this moment, so I want to hear about it if you have a different opinion. I lean toward, very heavily lean toward, this is not Samuel. Let me give you a couple reasons why. First of all, the spirit world is very much real, okay? The spirit world is more real than where we're at right now. It's just a different dimension that we can't see with our eyes. There's at least seven dimensions, and one of them is the spirit world, and we can't see it with our eyes. But it doesn't mean it's not here. And don't think that's too silly. We can't see the wind when it blows, but we can feel the effects of it all around us, in the environment, even on other people, it blows their hair. It's the same thing with the spirit world. Just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Ever been in a church service and you felt something? You felt conviction of the Holy Spirit? felt the presence of the Lord? You are encountering the spirit world. You're encountering the presence of God. And so that's a very real thing. Here's the challenge. The spirit world does not work like this. The spirit world does not work as though that everyone is just hanging out somewhere and at any given time, a witch can command you to come back. That's not how it works. They, when we go to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. And so Samuel would have been with the Lord at that time. And which leads me to my second reason why I do not think this is actually Samuel. And that is, do you really expect me to believe that a, a spell caster, a witch, has power over God so that he was not able to stop Samuel and Samuel had to obey this lady and come back to, her, come back to, to the earth to, to do whatever? No, I don't think so at all. 
I don't think this lady had any kind of power over Samuel, who was a prophet of God, who was with the Lord in that moment. Here's the catch. There are people all around right now. There are fortune tellers, new age people, all this who say they have spirit guides who then go and talk to dead people and whatever. Here's what those things are. Those are demons. Those are are unclean spirits. Those are part of the underworld. And what they are there to do is they are there to deceive. They are there to create fear. They are there to take away glory from God. What happened when Saul heard this? He was terrified. He was afraid. What is it that demons want to come and do? They want to take away glory from God remove you from God's presence as best they can and create fear, worry, and division. It's exactly what happens to Saul. So my opinion is, is this was a demon because nothing that he said was brand new. God had already said that he had stripped away the kingdom. They are about to go into a heavily outnumbered war. (laughs) Nothing here is surprising. And so that's exactly what I think is going on, is that he goes and he consults a, uh, a spirit guide person. They bring up a demon. The demon says something terrifying to Saul, and it turns out tomorrow we're going to find out whether or not it actually happened. And so he is going and doing everything the wrong way. So what can we take out of this chapter? Number one, don't talk to demons, okay? I'm just going to tell you, as your pastor, as your friend, as your fellow Bible nerd, if you have ever went to see a fortune teller, if you've ever read, had someone read your tarot cards, if you've ever engaged in a new age practice, If you've ever done anything where you've tried to contact the spirit world other than prayer to God, you need to repent of that. That was a sin. It was something that that created fear and might have opened a door for a demonic oppression or demonic uh, depression or an attack of the enemy in your life. It's okay. If you're a Christ follower, if you have Jesus living in your life, and if you, if you uh, are, are living and following after God today, the enemy cannot possess you, but he can definitely oppress you, and he can definitely attack you through open doors. So if you've ever done any of that kind of stuff, what I would encourage you to do is to repent before it. God, I am so sorry that I have before had someone read my palm. I've had someone try to contact someone who is dead on my behalf. I've done a, an, a Ouija board thing, and all this stuff, because what it is is this is trying to contact the spirit world other than through the spirit of God. So you just say, God, I'm sorry. And then what you do is by the name of Jesus, you bind the devil and you close any door that may have been opened because of this thing. The enemy does not have any power over you other than what you give him. So you take that power back and say, in the name of Jesus, I close any door that I may have opened to the enemy. And watch what God will do. Watch that you have peace that you didn't realize that you didn't have. Maybe there's voices in the back of your mind telling you things that aren't true, and they're going to shut up in the name of Jesus. Watch what happens when you do. So as we end our time together, I want to pray for you. And if you're someone who's never done that before, then I want to encourage you that if you ever talk to someone who has, give them grace. If someone in the Bible, Saul, falls off the deep end and he gets so worried and messed up he does it, it can happen to any of us. So instead, let the Lord take care of that, and we just love people. Let me pray for you, and let me show you how we combat this in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that your word is truth. Lord, if there's anybody listening to this today who has ever found themselves, whether they meant to or not, interacting with the demonic world, interacting with Ouija boards or tarot cards or you know, uh, spirit guides, things like that. Lord, in the name of Jesus right now, we repent of that. We say, God, we didn't know what we were doing. We were curious. We didn't know. It doesn't stop it from being wrong. And we repent in Jesus' name. We, we renounce those things. We walk away from those things in the name of Jesus. And right now, in the name of Jesus, 
we accept that forgiveness and say, thank you for forgiving us. Now we speak to the enemy and we say in the name of Jesus that we bind, rebuke, bring to no effect any plot, plan, or seed of the enemy. We close any open door that we may have opened due to any of the sin that we have committed. And right now in the name of Jesus, we say that the enemy has no more power over us. He must let us go. He must quiet himself, and we remove him from our lives in the name of Jesus. And we release the power of the Holy Spirit over us. And we ask you, God, right now, close every open door, bring us peace and joy, and let us be full of your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Well, God's word says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 24, be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. If you've ever been involved in that and you repent of that sin and you ask the Lord to wash it away and then you bind the devil in Jesus' name, you have a reason to be thankful today because the fresh air of God's freedom is yours for the taking. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 1 Samuel chapter 29.